Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. This week, Nikki and I have the pleasure of chatting with Dorita Hatchett of D.L. Hatchett and Associates. Her special talent or superpower is helping entrepreneurs get things done, whether in working in information marketing or events. She has a strategy first philosophy and framework for working with clients. She works with coaches, trainers, consultants, and online content creators who want to develop and launch their business, skill, or a big idea online so that they can make a huge impact on those they serve while earning income. Please welcome Dorita Hatchett. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Nikki. And I'm Robin. Well, we are so excited to introduce our guest to you today. We have Dorita Hatchett with DL Hatchett and Associates. Her Her special talent or superpower is helping entrepreneurs get things done. Whether working in information marketing or events, she has a strategy first philosophy and framework for working with clients. She works with companies of all sizes, but is most proud to have provided community outreach and public engagement on the $94 billion Metro Rail, managed the parking and transportation plan for Super Bowl 51, and was the point coordinator for the Alpha Kappa Alpha Boule in Houston, Texas, to plan the opening night activity for over 10,000 attendees. She now works with coaches, trainers, consultants, and online content creators who want to develop and launch their business, skill, or big idea online so that they can make a huge impact on those they serve while earning income. Welcome, Dorita. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome. That was a mouthful. Yes. We know you. Yeah, we know you have lots to share. So let's just go ahead and get to it. Um, Something that we feel we like to know, as well as our listeners, is um, please tell us about your journey. So my journey has been one in which I have um, zigzagged in a lot of different areas, and I think for a long time, you know, I was. I think ashamed of the jack of all trades notion because people told you that that doesn't work. You know, they tell you that you have to focus and um, be intently doing, you know, one thing that you're especially good at. Um, But I'm a learner. And um, if you have the capacity to teach it to me, for the most part, if I want to, I can learn it. Um, There are things that I'm just not interested in. Um, A lot of people think, oh, you'd be great at real estate or whatever. And maybe But at this moment, I'm not interested in it. But if I were, I would really go after it with that kind of vigor um, and learning and and people are willing to share. So my journey started um, right out of college. Um, I became our campus activities director where I went to school in Georgetown, Texas. And um, it really was a matter of the fact that I was just super active as a student. I was involved in everything and I did all of the work and they needed someone to fill the role. So I ended up in higher education for almost 20 years because I took that experience. Um, So I managed all the out-of-class experience. And so you all know from being in college that someone was over the organizations and the clubs and the Mm -hmm. programming and the planning and new student orientation and the campus activity center and all that stuff. 
So in a way, it's why I'm a jack of all trades. I was responsible for all of that kind of stuff. And that was my entry into the workforce. Um, and I, I did it in a setting where I was young at the time and I was young with my young students. Um, so we were able to be creative and, um, you know, I can make things out of nothing. You know, I can do things with small budgets. I, I can work quickly, you know, with short timelines. So I just ended up in that profession for fifth, um, really like three and a half years. I started at the University of St. Thomas. I started their activities program. So that's how I got to Houston. I moved here and uh, built the program at the University of St. Thomas. I was there for 11 and a half years. Um, and in that time, I started meeting vendors in the Houston area um, and, and particularly, you know, vendors of color that had not been represented at the college. They didn't even know it was there. And in the time I was there, I felt like in the community, I opened a door for a lot of people for that campus and for the university. And it was just sitting off in the middle of Montrose and people didn't know it was there. Um, so there were students that went there and I just had a really great career there. Um, it was a lot of work and I was by myself. I didn't have any other professional support. And I really just got into a space where I was tired. And I think if I had understood the sabbatical concept, I might have rewritten that story um, and actually retired from there. But um, I moved on. I was a little bored um, and I just sort of ran its course on what I could do there. Um, in the meantime, though, I was working at my church and I used to do all the special events and the planning at my church. And so we started traveling and doing crusades and uh, making albums and all kinds of stuff. And so that's, I left the job to go do that for my pastor. Oh, and wow. so I okay. uh, went to work for my church for a year and it was supposedly on special projects. And, um, but you know, at church, you got to do whatever you got to do. And that for me was difficult because I am good at certain things and I am horrible at other things. So I'm not a secretary. I'm not an admin assistant. I can do those things, but that's a gift. That's, yeah. that's a service gift that's left better to people mm -hmm. who love doing that. Yeah. Um, so after about a year, I just didn't want to do that anymore. Um, hung out my shingle that year thinking I was ready. Um, got a client, uh, the American Jewish Committee. Um, amazingly, I met them at my church. And uh, I, they were my client for my first start out as my business. So all the things that I knew how to do, plan, program, put things together from a fundraising perspective, I did for them. And I learned a lot from them on how to do, you know, fundraisers and things like that. So, you know, just kept moving on that journey. Um, program director at the YWCA for a short period of time, mm -hmm. uh, went back into higher ed, went to the University of Houston, and I was a assistant director for special events in the chancellor president's office. So I changed my angle. I was finally able to have a budget to do things I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I could actually consider linen colors and different fabrics and <laughs> right, all of right. that kind of stuff. And I had, before it was like shoestring, like we would do some magnificent stuff on $425. Um, but I finally got there and was able to, you know, there were consular teas and, you know, major level events out of that office. And mm -hmm. so um, it really upped my game on the planning and the, the vendors and who I connected with. Um, then I got into fundraising and was there. So I was at U of H about seven years. And then I moved on to the rail project. Um, that just sort of happened overnight for me. Um, and for four and a half years um, in downtown Houston, when we laid the rail on Capitol and Rusk. So between the Hobby Center and Dynamo Stadium, all of those okay. stakeholders were mine. 
um, in like a five mile radius. So wow. I communicated a really too. on a daily basis with, it was about let, just slightly less than a hundred contacts that represented thousands and thousands of people and buildings and structures downtown. Um, so that introduced me to public engagement, community outreach, and um, you know, did that till the project was over, till the rail was built. Um, and then at that point, I hung my shingle and just said, hey, I really wanna work for myself. Um, when I saw those opportunities coming up, um, Super Bowl and all of that, I just felt like I can do this. Um, I can do this on my own and I don't have to be someone's employee. And um, I made a decision. And in 2014, I went out full time in my business. And seven years later, um, it's a struggle, but I'm still here and um, just excited to be doing this work. That is awesome. Wow. You've had, you've had quite the journey and yeah. worn a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. That and is some magnificent awesome. visibility. I mean, just the things that you outlined um, with the visibility, you know, Super Bowl, you know, the boulet, all that. That's just amazing. Um, how's business been for you now during these times? Um, you know, I don't know the approach that I would say, I'm going to say tough, like everybody else, yeah. you know, definitely, you know, Different. could you could use more business, could use more, I'm just going to say cash, you know, I'll say that. But actually this last year or so has been a blessing for my business. It's been a blessing for me personally. I think that, you know, in your mind, sometimes you pray for it to kind of slow down a little bit, like stuff's just moving too fast. And unfortunately it was this scenario, but it was really the slowdown I needed in my life and in my business. It really was. And I think the opportunity to sit back and reevaluate who I am, what I like, what I do, what are my goals, what am I trying to be? Um, so, you know, sitting at home all these, all these months for a lot of people, you know, I think it helped me say, who, who do I not want to work with? Who do I really want to work with? What was I doing that was not serving me anymore? Mm -hmm. um, right. I did a lot to serve people. I did a lot where I was, um, you know, I'm going to say people pleasing because it was like, I would just kind of do whatever, you know, and I would just take whatever job in order to, um, pay, you know, pay the bills. I didn't really have a structure behind why I did what I did. And I yeah. think now I've moved into a space where I generally try to only take business that I want to take and that I like taking and that um, it moves me because if it moves me and I'm really into it, then I'm really going to serve that person at a high level. Um, I don't ever want to paper push. Um, I don't ever want to dial it in. Um, I, I promise you I'll go hungry before I'll take a check and do work I don't want to do. And yeah, so wow. that's what happened for me. And while people hate the word pivot, I love it because I was able to pivot. I was able to say to myself, what do I, what do I no longer want to do? Mm -hmm. and, and then not do it. And I had a great reason not to do it. You know, we all had <laughs> yeah. a right. not to do it and to change and to shift. And, um, and then I came to this philosophy that I really want to share with people that, you know, we really are the masters of our fate, kind of. We really are the authors of our journey. And while we need, I believe in support and help and resources and whatever, you know, um, programs from the city. And I, I'm a big believer in that. But I've learned in this year that we can do the things we want to do. We can do the things that move us, that we're passionate about. 
um, and that we're holding back on and not be in fear because we are looking for a job mm -hmm. or that we are wow. waiting on someone else to see our value. And even if that means we do work for someone and we take a job, in the meantime, there's space fillers. Um, even when you have that job, there's the thing you do on the nights and weekends that really makes your heart leap and yeah. brings you joy. And I really want to help people find that and do that. And if yeah. that thing can take you out of a W-2, then more power to it. Let's go for it. Um, but I think that we all deserve the opportunity to make our own destiny and make our own direction doing the things that we love to do. And that bring us joy and that allow us to express ourselves in our zone of genius. Because everybody has one. Everybody has that thing that you would jump up out of the bed in the morning for every morning. Mm -hmm. And is it the thing you're currently doing? That's what we have to ask ourselves. And if it's not, can we get there? I don't care how old you are. I was 50 when I made that pivot, you know? And, and I know I have less years ahead of me than I had behind me, but I'll be whatever before I go out of this earth, not being happy with myself. Yeah, that sounds so wow. liberating. Wow. And that's what we... That's what we all strive to have, you know, is agency and agency over, you know, our lives and not being beholden to that W-2. So I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, I think, have you ever been around someone who just hates their job? I mean, oh, yeah, they, absolutely. They, they I've been that person. Work. I mean, you know, there's somebody listening today. It is you. I'm talking to you. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> and the truth, but here's the thing, you know, I just feel like it's all about choice. We do have choice in our lives and sometimes we, do. we don't exercise it. Mm -hmm. And the choice sometimes is we have the choice to go and we have the choice to stay. Mm -hmm. So if you stay and you're working, then I just say, find the thing that brings you joy in the stay, you know? So what is that? What could you learn differently? And, and to me, you have to ask yourself questions. If I'm at a place where they don't allow that, and they don't support that, maybe this is still not the place. Mm -hmm. So it's not about working somewhere or being an entrepreneur or anything like that. It's just about understanding that we have choice in our lives. Yes. And yes. I think people feel like they don't. They may feel like mm -hmm. they don't if they have children. They may feel like they don't if they have a mortgage and all of that. But I, I just still think there's a workaround in every space. Um, yes, we have to take those things into consideration. Absolutely. And they matter very much. Um, but there's a different energy and vibe when you know that you're working towards something that's, yeah. that's for your own benefit. Wow. wow. <laughs> that's all I can say as well. So I know you're helping I'm, people, <laughs> you're helping people find that spark is what you're saying and, mm -hmm. and not be afraid to pursue whatever it is you know, that's going to make them happy. You know, one of the terms that started was coming up in 2019, and, and I didn't make this up. I'm, I'm, I'm just totally, I just love it, is that we don't have to be fearless, but we have to fear less. And so it's like that whole concept of doing it that's afraid. Yeah. Um, I literally just listened to someone else's podcast today. And what did I write down? What did he say? Okay, Jesse Harless. Um, so actually, I think Janai is the writer of this. And it says, What's in the way is the way. And if you can embrace that, it's the thing you know you want to be doing, but you're mm -hmm. the most afraid to do is the thing probably you should be doing. Mm -hmm. You should embrace that. So yeah. when you have that resistance, 
and you're kind of like, you know what, at the end of the day, I really should be like selling bottled water. Like, I mean, bottled water is my jam. Like, this is my thing. Like I sit up at night, like coming up with new bottle methods and bottling, you know, and this is what I do. And then, mm-hmm. and then I get up and I go eight to five someplace where, oh, they get on my nerves all day. It's like, hey, let's start looking at that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I, I don't do it where I don't prefer to work with people that I have to convince that they have a passion for something. That's not my ideal client. So for me, okay. I, I work with a person that, you know it, but mm-hmm. you're either hiding from it, you're running from it, you haven't figured out how to do it yet, you don't know how to make it work in your current situation, but you know if you could do it, man, you know, the mm-hmm. stars would So you out. know it's there, and you help them to release it. Mm-hmm. Okay. How to take that. your idea, and it's called, you know, more impact or more money, or both. Mm -hmm. Just take that idea. It's a big idea. It's the passion in you. You know, I'm me. I'm my perfect client. I mean, I'm the person who knew, like, I'm really not a good employee. I do my work. You know what I mean? And I (laughs) I go to work, do my work. It gets done. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody's bleeding. You know, the profit comes in, whatever. But that's not who, when I come at my fullest, that's when I give you late hours, early mornings. What time do you want me here? You know, like mm-hmm. it's the extra, right, right. you know, when you're living in that space, it's the extra that you're able to do. Wow. You've, I mean, in just this short time, you, you've given us a lot and you said a lot. And I'm sure that people listening are, uh, are receiving a lot because yeah, I'm already yeah. motivated. Right, right. I'm and like inspired. I, you know, I'm like, okay. I, yeah, there's something I had in other. There. Yeah, I had other <laughs> yeah. questions, but I'm like, uh, wait. Like, you know, let, let me get my my thoughts back on track here. But you know, you're absolutely right. You know, we all have these uh these fires that burn inside of us, and you know, for some people, it's a blaze. For other people, um, it's just a, a kindling of the fire. But it's there, and it's mm-hmm. just the opportunity. You know, I was telling someone the other day, I said, this is the first time in my adult life where I wasn't working, where I actually had time, you know, for the creativity to wake up and come out and, you know, all these things. And I think they were just packed up because I I was at work, you know, Mm -hmm. I was doing somebody else's thing and drawing pictures of cupcakes or whatever, but not really being able to release that because I didn't have time. Right. But yeah, I saw some of your work and I thought, what is she doing? Like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it is. It's that thing that almost everybody around you probably doesn't even know that you do. Yeah. Yeah. True. That's it's very the true. thing that you're sitting or like every party that happens, they call you to do that thing and you do it without even thinking. That's why I say my journey was zigzaggy because I never really said this is what I do. I, I just sort of started doing stuff and mm-hmm. I fell into it and then I was doing this and I fell into it. And then I, and I said, Oh, sure. And then they said, Oh, let me show you how to do this. You know, I did my first golf tournament for free. These men put me in a room. They said, Hey, meet us for breakfast. And all we want you to do is just do whatever we say do. And I said, okay. So I sat there cause I, I was going to organize, you know I mean? I'm, I'm making sure everybody made it to the meeting. I had the notes and we sat around the table and everybody told me what to do and, and, and the timeline to do it. And it was this beautiful tournament. And I got there and was like, I do tournaments. Okay. And it's a major part of my business now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just you like know, that. I've, I've done about 20 of them. I, I mean, I'm a name that comes up in a circle 
if people say, hey, who need, who has a golf tournament? Who can do golf tournaments? I'm, I'm clear. My name comes up, you know, and I love doing them. And now it's a science for me because I know how long it takes me to do mm-hmm. it. I know what I start at. And I laugh now because my starting figure is different than when I was doing it for free going, let me do your tournament, you right. know, and um, yeah, and just built something out of that. So I love doing, you know, golf tournaments. I like doing fundraisers, but certain kinds of fundraisers. Um, my events now are impact driven and they are intentional. So right. yeah. it's for people who have intention behind what they're doing. So that you don't have an event with a thousand people and you never captured an email address. You don't have the ability to say thank you. You don't have the ability to talk to them afterwards about the mission. You don't have the ability. So it's strategy first. That's why I say that in my bio is I have a strategy first philosophy. I'm not doing anything if you don't know why you're doing it. If you don't have a big why, you don't have a mission, a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, How is this impacting anybody or you or your program? And and then what do you intend to do with it? You know, so if it's a one-off, you know, maybe. But that's not what I, I don't thrive in the one-off space, you know, at all. I thrive in, you know, how can I help you bring your big vision and your big idea to life mm-hmm. so that you can take and run with it and have the same experience for yourself? Wow. I love that. It's amazing. What is, what does growth look like for you? What do you see um, or where do you want this to go? Um, growth just looks like um, putting myself in a position where there's enough traction for this to add on team. Um, yeah. Currently, I use a lot of, um, I would say, subcontractors sure. mm-hmm. or a contract relationship. And so I've learned we don't have to take on all the things we think we have to take on. And so I partner with people. I'm big into collaborations and partnerships. And so if I don't want to learn how to create a funnel which I don't need to learn how because there's a a lot of people who know how to make funnels um, for you to sell your product or service. Mm -hmm. I'm going to partner with a funnel maker and I'm going to say, Hey, let me, whenever I get these people and this funnels are a part of what they need, let's talk about pricing. So I already know, I know how to help my client. I know how to tell my client what it costs. I have a person I partner with that creates nonprofits. He does the paperwork. He doesn't care to have a conversation with you about feeding. He don't care about what you do, really. He knows how to do the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I care about what you do, why you do, and how you yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. So I partner with him and I say, okay, for X amount, I'm going to consult with you on what you're doing and what you need in your program. He's going to do the paperwork. Well, he's going to be getting it done. And I'm going to tell you how to do it legally and professionally and all of these other things. So growth for me is over time building, um, having enough to build team. Mm-hmm. And um, to just do bigger things and help more people um, and to show up more in spaces where I can help more people. Yeah. Wow. So are you pursuing, are you pursuing clients or you say that they know you um, and they're like, for instance, with the AKA Boulay, how did they find you? They hired an event planner for all of their events. And then okay. I got that project from the event okay. And so honestly, most of my life, I've been blessed in my business that it's referral. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I never, I can, I never put an ad out. I never put marketing out. I never put an ad in someone's program, but nothing. And so what I learned is that when I show up and produce the way that I do, 
other people would be there and they would like what they saw and then someone would give me a call. But I'll tell you, that's a horrible business model. Um, so while I've been able to stay in business all mm-hmm. these years doing mm-hmm. that, um, the last six or seven years, I've been working on the fact that like I've got to change the model so that I can appeal to people. So, sure. you know, the blessing is being op- an opportunity like this to come and speak to you mm-hmm. means I might have a chance that one person who hears this mm-hmm. might be. All it takes is one. Yeah, it just takes one. All it takes is one. And so everything I've ever done is, um, so I, I don't know if you know about grassroots basketball or anything, but um you know, I ran a major high level grassroots program for 17 years. And so, and literally now I told you my whole journey, but understand that underneath it, I'm running this program. So when I talk about knowing for sure about things we do mm-hmm. underground and things we do out of sight that people don't even know you do, um, I would put maybe 100, 150, 200 people to work a year in basketball programs. And so that once they took all the registrations, they turned over the actual events to me. So I would work the events and the people and the refs and the gates and all this other stuff. Um, But in doing that, I met a high level person that then I worked for for several years. I ran his camps, his clinics, his programs. So now people met me in a space with a real high caliber client. So then they they go, oh, well, you can do this. So let me have you do this for me. Mm -hmm. So that's how I move, you know, and I I just sort of move around into um, that And my clients, the clients that I do a lot of events for tend to be people where they don't really want people to know what they're doing until they sort of come out with it and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, again, I don't talk about, I mean, I've been behind a lot of things that have happened, Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm not the face. So I don't put myself out there as the face of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, that didn't serve me when I started doing my business, because then I was afraid to come out and put my face out there. I was afraid to say, this is what I do. I'm mm-hmm. good at this. I do this. I didn't even know how to do it. I didn't even have my own dreams. I just loved making everybody else's dreams come true. Right. And the reality is, is that that in a way is my vision, but I had to learn to step into that and to know, to, and to be able to confidently say, I help people do this. You know, before I was just sort of in the background, like, let me get my check and mm-hmm. I know I did it. And, you know, ooh, let me push them out in front. And now it's like, no, people have to know you do it, which means I have to step out. So that was the lesson for me. That was the growth move for me, you know, Robin, a little bit was to own it and not be afraid to say I do it and to not be afraid to talk about it because I have to have people in my pipeline or I don't have cash flow, you know, honest. And so um, it's not cute when you don't have it. It's like, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't ever want to, yeah. And, and it's the philosophy. I don't ever want to do something for the money ever. Yeah. So you do have to do the work to keep people in the pipeline. That's the stuff that people who love what they do, they don't want to do the business part of it. They don't want to do the marketing or the work or the sales and all of these things. They want to be creative and create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is some amount of teaching people how to be, in your business um, and how to work it where you can um, work on your business, not in your business, if that's not what you do, but you do have to be about your business. Mm -hmm. And that's even for nonprofits. A nonprofit is a business entity. So you can't start it like, I just love cats. But if you get into the business of cats, you're in the business of cats. And there are things that come with that. So that's when I say strategy, it's about that. I won't start a nonprofit with a person that doesn't hear my whole speech about that and yeah. the business and, you know, cause I don't ever want to look up and have you go to jail. 
Oh, well, no, no one wants that. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants that part. Mm -hmm. Tell us something that you want us to know that we have not asked. Ooh, um... I think I said, what I said is that I just believe that within each of us, there is something that we love to do that we should um, explore in ourselves. And I think that we can make whatever meaning out of it that we want to, we can make it be whatever we want to be. Everybody's not destined to be an entrepreneur. Everybody's Mm -hmm. not destined to do this and walk this journey. It is not easy. Um, but I'm, even though, you know, when you ask an entrepreneur, they'll always tell you it's not easy, you know, mm-hmm. they'll act like, and you'll be like, why are they doing it? Why are they, they saying all this stuff? It does not sound attractive at all, but it's the thing that you do when you would just do it for your, you know, you're doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's just that extra push. And even though that's not what I believe everyone should do, even if it's a side hustle, then I think that you, um, can just do it in a way where it's beneficial to you. And if it means that you do your side hustle to make vacation money and money for your children's this, that, and the other, or whatever, it does not have to take over your life. Mm -hmm. But if I could show you a way where it could, are you interested? Yeah. Wow. I love that. I I wanted to ask you because I, I see you on social media platforms and you're, you're always, um, like presenting or you're in, you're showing somebody something on Zoom, um, share with us about, cause I like, I mean, I'm fascinated. I'm like, well, what is she doing now? So <laughs> share with us uh, some of that, that you're doing. I would be rich if I had a nickel for every time somebody said that about me. <laughs> you're uh-huh. everywhere. <laughs> what i'm not it's so funny i'm active on facebook that's it i do a few other things like you know instagram here and there and twitter and linkedin and i really need to be better i'm working on it um i'm in a couple of coaching programs where i mean there's some strategies and it's like all right i gotta like clock out this time and sit and do these strategies um i need to get on clubhouse and start talking or whatever Mm -hmm. um but I do understand the power of social media and I do understand when I do it and what I'm doing. And again, intentionality. And so my, I'm crazy. I say, I say stuff. I am me. I'm a hundred percent me um, on there. What you see is what you get. And so, um, you know, if I have some old crazy commentary on something or I saw something and I'm like, what are they doing? I mean that that's who I am. And I'm that way in my business. I'm, I'm direct. Um, if, if people are sensitive and all of that, we may not work well together, but I feel like, hey, there's nothing personal. I don't even know you. You know, you're telling me this thing you have and I'm saying, here's a strategy for it. And if it hits you in a certain way, you know, all this extra stuff is like, I'm not even talking about that. Yeah. So I have to really, I have to work on that for me, but I also am not good with people that it's just also personal because it's not, it's business. And, you know, you came for a reason. You're trying to learn how to be better at X, Y, or Z. So I get on Facebook one, because that's my way of being visible. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I'm a giver and I'm a server. Um, I decided on March 20th last year, that I was going to serve my way out of this COVID situation. And it didn't mean money to me. It just meant that, you know, I'm going to go empty. I'm going hard. I'm going to tell people what I know. I'm going to just share information. I went live for about 10 weeks, 12 weeks, actually. Um, 
you know, bringing different people on in the very beginning. We talked about PPP, whatever, whatever I thought I saw people talking about on my page. Um, we talked about it. Um, Industry-wide, we just did it with ILEA. Um, I'm the VP of programs for ILEA, and um, I'm going to be the vice the president-elect um, oh. starting summer. Congratulations. Congratulations. And you know, that's a huge thing. Yeah, um, big time. <laughs> but like after the Oscars, so I don't watch the Oscars generally, but I've turned it on and it was a lot of people of color this year. And I was like, whoa, what was going on with this? Like I noticed it. So I mm-hmm. sat down and watched it. And so I'm making commentary on Facebook. And then uh, Debbie Elias always, like she sees all the movies, like her goal is to see a hundred percent of the movies on the ballot before the Oscars and everything. So I'm watching her commentary and there were some other professionals in the industry on, everybody was talking. And I thought, wouldn't this be nice to have a conversation about this? And then people had production, maybe some negative things to say. And then I said, wow, if we are critiquing the Oscars like this, what chance does a small event planner in Houston, Texas have of producing something that looks amazing because they are just coming after this show and these are professionals. This is like right. high point industry stuff. And we're and people are sitting at home going, I don't know if I like that. And I thought, isn't that an odd thing? So I said, let's have a conversation. So I don't really talk to Debbie Elias. I hit her in the inbox and she said, yes. And I was like, whoa, Debbie said, yes. You know, then I'm like, okay. And I started hitting this person. Then the, the it turned out I had hit past presidents. I didn't even realize it. And they were all saying yes. So then Dan O'Brien gets on and Dan's like, oh, that's awesome because I saw this and that. And he goes, wait, I know somebody. So we end up with the artistic director from the Oscars. Oh. Seven days later, <laughs> this past Tuesday, we we did um, like this and recorded. I'm going to put it out now. We recorded a conversation about it with a person who was in the room. Wow. And, and that's how I think. That's what happens for me. Facebook happens like that. I'm like, you know what? What are we talking about here? You know, who, who's got something to say about this and mm-hmm. educate me or here's what I think or here's what I feel or on Zoom. Nobody cares about Zoom, really. But if you're going to do Zoom events, you should care. I mean, so I'm Zoom certified. Is that nerdy and kind of crazy to somebody? Probably. But I'm on Zoom every day for probably six or eight hours a day. I should take some care and concern about what it looks like to be on Zoom. I should care. We need you. (laughs) You would not want me. You wouldn't, you know, you would not want to put your, why do we have Zoom fatigue? Because we have horrible Zoom production. That's the only reason we don't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. And people don't know that's why you don't like it. So if you keep putting out trash, people will think that Zoom, the platform, doing a meeting on Zoom is trash. But if you care about it and you care about experience, engagement, and all of this online, then you will go study and you will work and you will train and you will practice mm-hmm. just like you do in your job. Yeah. You know, if you're an audio production person who was doing it in person, you can't just stick it online and not understand how to get people engaged. This is not about live stream. This is not about throw on the camera. Right. You know, right now people don't even know. You don't turn off the doorbell. So the whole conversation, bing, 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 every time somebody comes in. That's ridiculous to me. So yeah, I spent a I spent all this time getting certified in Zoom. Cause I think it's important. Yeah. If you don't, great, hire me. 
but please don't do your stuff on Zoom and you don't know nothing right, about it. Please right, don't do right. that. <laughs> you've, never even awesome. opened, you've never even opened the settings. You don't even know. People are saying, it doesn't do it. I have a free account. Uh, the free account does everything everybody does. That Now you just told me you've never even opened up your account mm-hmm. looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. That's what I do. So well, yeah, I get on Facebook and I, I have rants like that because I'm like, well, what are you doing, people? You you know, if you care about what you're doing, care about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Talk that talk. Where can we find you? I'm on social media. Um, almost everywhere is Dorita Hatchet or DL Hatchet. Okay. Um, and I invite you to join me there. Follow me on Clubhouse. I'm not on there very actively. I just get on when I have something to say. Um, but Facebook, it's uh, Dorita. Um, L Hatchet and Associates. And um, I have a link tree that I can give you that just has all of my contacts. And then I'll give you a link uh, to share if you want to. Yeah. So absolutely. that people can get, I have a handout they can use. And it's basically how to um, launch your big idea and multiply your income and your impact. Oh, so it's four wow. That okay. you can, it's a little mini worksheet. Um, so you can do it. And then if you want help processing that, then I'm available. That's awesome. Good stuff. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when we're kind of all back doing, you know, what we want to in the industry. But I'm telling you in the meantime, what else are you interested? I love that you guys did this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is the pivot. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And my question to you guys would then be, okay, so what are we doing with this? You know, and, and, and how do we make, this is something, you know, don't, please don't minimize what you're doing for people. Um, and you're probably really blessing some people with some conversation that they need to hear and you're encouraging them. And I invite you to consider that. Thank you so much. That's what we're trying to do. You know, um, every day we have these conversations and one day we just said, you know what, we need to open it up and talk to some other people and, you know, maybe they'll get some value and also share their stories with us. So that's that's how uh, that's how it was born. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for asking me, and thank you. No, thank yeah. you I, so I much. Appreciate you being here and accepting, and um, you know, you just I always feel it's just it just takes one person, mm-hmm. one person to hear it, one person to share it. You know, uh, this episode or any episode resonates with someone. Yeah, you know, I I feel like okay, you know, we're we're putting out good work. If we can help anybody, it, it's totally worth it. Yeah, it's consistency and it's intention, and because That's you right. have great intention behind it, you know, it, and you're blessing people, it can't be anything but blessed. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You have a great great oh a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thank y'all. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Don't. We thank you for listening to Don't Look Under the Bed. You can continue to support the show by subscribing and sharing. Hospitality, that's our business.